Hello, happy people. Today's podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is an affordable, secure, convenient, and professional counseling service. BetterHelp offers clients a monthly subscription for unlimited communication with your licensed professional counselor. BetterHelp allows you to connect with your counselor in a safe and private online or mobile environment. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist whenever you feel it's necessary. The BetterHelp Professional Counselor specialize in issues such as stress, anxiety, relationships, depression, addictions, eating, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, grief, religion, and more. This is proactive mental health, not a crisis line. If you are feeling suicidal, please call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline, which is 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. As a special just for Get Happy with Jay podcast listeners. If you log on to www.betterhelp.com backslash get happy with Jay, you're going to get a free week of counseling. That's right, a free week to talk to a BetterHelp professional counselor. Sometimes we deal with some pretty heavy subject matter that can at times be triggering to our listeners, and we want to make sure that you have the help available to you just in case you need it. I'm a strong advocate for therapy, and Better help is a way for you to try it in the most private and secure way possible. Once again, for your free week of therapy, visit www.betterhelp.com backslash get happy with Jay. Now on to today's show. We are talking with an amazing woman who has lost over 250 pounds. We also discuss such serious topics as sexual abuse and suicide in this episode. Check out part one of our conversation now and be encouraged to tackle weight loss or whatever else is hindering you from being your best self. I apologize in advance. At times, the audio is a bit scratchy in this one, but please bear with us. So now get into it and get happy. Hey, good people, it's Jay, and it's time to get happy with Jay today. I am so excited about this guest. I basically cyber-stalked her. I don't know how <laughs> what she thought when I first reached out to her, because, you know, there's lots of crazy people out there on the Internet. But uh, this beautiful lady, I became aware of her on Instagram. Now, I'm not a good poster on Instagram, because you guys know by now I'm lazy about my social media. But I am a good lurker, and I'm always looking for people that are inspirational and and other people that are in a weight loss journey, such as myself. And this lady just stuck out to me because she just came across as having such a beautiful spirit. And when I tell you she is a weight loss success story, ladies and gentlemen, this is Shonda on her social media outlets. She is known as Mrs. Baby Fat. Make sure you check her out. You follow her. You subscribe to her because she is an inspiration. She has lost. I'll let you say how much you've lost because the last time I saw you put an update 
on Instagram. I'm sure you're, you've gone down even from there. So Shonda, introduce yourself to our listening audience here on the Get Happy with Jay podcast and welcome. Thank you so very much. How exciting. Yes. Thank you for having me on here. As far as how much I've lost, I have lost a total of 276 pounds as of today. Gone from 545 pounds to 269 pounds. So I'm very excited about that. And a little bit of uh, background about me is I am 41 years old. I have seven children and I've been overweight my entire life. I remember my mom being called into the office at school when I was nine. They were very concerned about my weight even at nine years old. And um, Uh that was just the beginning. They were always weighing me and calling her in. So at least since I was nine, always had losing weight on my mind. So That um, is a really young age to have to deal with that. Now, before the age of nine, were you heavy even earlier than that? Like, when do you remember being bigger than other kids? Oh, yeah, I remember always being, if not just even bigger, but taller than like, you know, my, my friends and stuff in kindergarten. Um, yep, just chunkier. I was teased a little, maybe starting around, right around the age of eight or nine. Uh-huh. But um, I did notice I was always a little bit fluffier. And even um, my mom told me when I was born, I was a big baby, like 10 pounds, 12 ounces, something like that. I was going to just say, does it run in your family? Do you have other siblings that are, are overweight as well? Yes, I do. Every female in my family is overweight. Well, but my daughter, she actually just lost a lot of weight. She's not, she's 169, so I wouldn't, her height, I don't know what the government would say, but she's the skinniest one in our family, but um, uh-huh. yeah, I was the biggest sister out of three. See, I was the opposite. Now. I'm. I have always been the only fat person on either side of my family. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, everybody <laughs> wow. else is, and, and it's so bizarre because everybody else is extremely tall and thin. Like, my mother was six feet tall. My dad was around 6'2", six 6'3", maybe even 6'4". And I'm 5'1 and a quarter, and I accept that quarter because I'm going to take every little <laughs> fraction of an inch of height I can get. And so I'm the only, like, short and chunky one. (laughs) (laughs) You sound like my sister. She's like (laughs) 5'1". Yeah. So growing up as a child that's heavier, what is that like? Because for me, I didn't really start being, I was like overweight somewhat like in high school, but not anything close to being obese. My heavy weight came after age 18. So I didn't really have that childhood experience necessarily of being overweight. So what was that like for you? Oh, it was rough. Just always being teased and uh, the boys making fun of me and even sometimes me having a crush on a boy just to come to find out, you know, he's kind of a bully and talking about my weight just for no reason. Um, it was rough. Or those kind boys of- that will want to talk to you on the sly but not oh, out. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Yes, especially when I got to ninth grade. You know, a guy, I remember this particular guy who always kind of flirted with me when it was just him and I. But then in front of his friends, he would talk about me. And it was just very hurtful. So when did you go from, like, being just a little overweight to the point where it was at the obesity level to where it could uh, harm your health? At the age of 16, I ended up getting pregnant. Yeah, my grandfather, he convinced me to get married. You know, he's a, a pastor. Uh-huh. So, yeah, at the age of 16, I got pregnant, and um, that pregnancy, I gained 100 pounds, taking me from roughly 200 to uh, 300 pounds. Uh-huh. I stayed in the 300s from the age of 16. 
19 until this year, 41. Wow, that is a long time to be that yeah. overweight. What health issues have arisen from being overweight? You I know, know I've, been, I've been really, really blessed. I, the only thing I've really had to deal with uh, throughout the years is elevated blood pressure uh-huh. um, and painful joints. Yes. Um, and then, like, I had a complicated pregnancy because of my weight um, with the twins. So that was the that was the worst. Like, I woke up in an intensive care unit. Wow. Because they were trying to give me medicine, based, medicine and uh, what is it called, uh, epidural based on my weight. And my weight was 500 plus. They uh-huh. ended up giving me too much. And then I had morphine on top of that. Anyway, I ended up um, losing about a day of my life. I don't know what happened. Wow. Um, but, yeah, that was directly related to my weight. Yeah, for me, I was a borderline diabetic for a long time. I mean, just right on the cusp of being full-blown diabetic, as my doctor had said, you know, you're at the level now where we can control this. If you, you know, lose weight, you change your eating habits and things like that, we can get it under control. So that kind of started me to thinking, wow, I do not want to be full-blown diabetic. What was it for you that was the ultimate catalyst that really started you on your serious weight loss journey? For me, it was the health issue with being borderline diabetic, but I had gotten to the point where my knee were so bad that they were bone on bone and I just really had to say girl get it together because if you do not lose this weight you're literally not going to be able to walk and the pain was so great that hey pain is a motivator so that was the catalyst for me what was it for you that that finally in your head clicked that okay I'm going to do this it was when my late husband killed himself two years ago Mm -hmm. Um, he was overweight as well and it played, I believe, into his depression. Yes. And uh, ultimately just led to him taking his life from what I've read and from what I've researched since then. Uh-huh. Um, I do believe I was right. So once he once he died and left me a widow um, with seven children. Wow. It was either, all right, continue to be unhealthy, continue to eat terribly, and then die yourself and leave your children without any parent. Or you get yourself together, you lose this weight, you be as healthy as you can, mind, body, and soul. Right. So that you can be the best parent, you know, for these children after them having experienced something like that. Well, I I commend you even more because that is devastating. I cannot even imagine. Someone in my um, family committed suicide a number of years ago, and it just devastated the family. It was, in that case, it was totally unexpected. It was a young man. um, He hadn't been depressed that anyone knew of. Great kid and just out of the blue one day did that. And it was just absolutely devastating. So the pressure and and just the heartbreak from that, I could see for some people would would make you do the opposite sometimes and and just give up yourself and just eat to soothe. How How did you not eat to soothe? Because a lot of us at the base of it were... We're emotional eaters. Yeah. You know, I'm telling you, that that's me all my life, emotional. Food was my friend. I didn't really have, you know, people teasing me in school and my uncle making me work out at cookouts while my other siblings played because I was overweight and I'm over there doing jumping jacks while they play and make fun of me. You uh-huh. know, it just made me run to food even more. So I did have that emotional connection. What happened when he died, though, 
was that sense of self-preservation. Yes. And like I said, your children, my children, they mean so much to me. And um, just seeing them crying and heartbroken that their father kills himself, and he was out of the blue as well. Like, I say depression because I believe that, of course, that you have to be depressed to put a bullet in your head. But I'm telling you, we had no idea. It came out of the blue. We were married for 10 years. Uh-huh. There's no way anybody would have told me that this handsome six feet four, 330-pound man would kill himself. Right. So it was just like, okay, it was that fight or flight. And to me, a flight or running would have been to eat my problems away. Yeah. You know, I went into a state of depression where I actually, I actually had to leave Richmond, where I'm from, and go out of state for a while because of the negativity from friends and family. Yes. But um, I decided I wanted to fight. Because I'm, really I'm sure there's a lot of, unfortunately, ignorant people will throw judgment your way and try to yes. blame you. Like, why didn't you see it coming or yes. this and that? And, and yes. you have, it has absolutely nothing to do with you. Yep, that's what happened. So, it was rough. It was a really, really dark time in our lives. It, it, it was awful. So for your weight loss journey, how did it begin? Did you seek help? Did you decide to do it on your own? Yeah, I, I've been on this journey way before Sean died. The thing, I was just going around in circles, though. Like, uh-huh. now that I think about it, even after he died, you know, basically, I've been on a diet. My, well, change was education. I did it on my own uh-huh. by reading and educating myself. Why am I addicted to food? What's going on? I'm always on a diet. My heart is there. I'm always in the gym. Nothing's working. Let me educate myself. Mm -hmm. And that's where the change started with me really just reading up on the dangers of the foods that the government allows, the GMOs, Mm -hmm. the processed foods, the sugars. You know, once I know better, I do better. Yes. So that's what it was for me. And I'm glad that you mentioned like examining, doing that self-examination about why am I am I doing this? Because I know that for me in my weight loss journey, I knew um, even from a therapeutic standpoint that if I didn't figure out in my head why I was eating, because when we allow ourselves to get to the point of morbid obesity, which we both were, there's a reason for that. It's like you're swallowing something. The food is is something to you, whether you realize it on a conscious level or not. And that's a that's a hard journey to go on because it made me actually remember some memories from childhood that I had totally forgot. Like my brain had totally repressed some things that that happened to me because I remember being about probably about 11 years old and I was walking to the grocery store uh, for my family the grocery store was only about two blocks down the road and I remembered these two guys one was Caucasian and one was black and I almost got abducted I remember them pulling up beside me as I was walking and they were making these lewd comments about my body because at that point I looked grown at 11 I was small but I was fully developed my breasts were fully developed everything so you know I was a brick you know what house at 11 and so I was a child I didn't understand that and so they were making these comments and so they were getting the vehicle closer to me and the the black guy reached out to me and tried to snatch me in the car now something that traumatic I had actually forgotten that but as I was looking back on that and and trying to figure out okay why have I packed on this weight and I remembered you know incidents like that and somehow something in my brain clicked that okay this body is getting too much attention I've got to do something about this body and I think that was part of the reason why I packed on the weight because that mm. unwanted attention, it does something to a girl. Yeah. 
So mm. that was hard. That's hard to do to like look and figure out, okay, why did I allow myself to get this heavy? Because I knew for me I had to do that and really face those demons because I yeah. would repeat it. It's so easy to like lose a lot of weight and then you gain it back because I see people do that all the time and uh, people, regardless of how they've lost it, whether it's been bariatric surgery or just doing it on their own like you and I. Yeah, I've, I've done that. I've lost 100 pounds before, a couple of times. Uh-huh. Never really getting up to 300, but it, I've been to like 400, 300, 400, 300 again. So it was about breaking that vicious cycle. And I yeah. did have a, um, an episode where I did remember some things that happened to me as a child as well. Uh-huh. And I believe that it's, it's, it's all connected. It like, is. Yeah, with, with the childhood trauma, you know, I came from um, a family where my father was an alcoholic and abusive towards my mother and I, then his best friend that we call an uncle was inappropriate with me and my sisters. And uh-huh. so a lot of some of those things I had blocked out. And when they came back to the surface, I had to just cry. And, um, and I had to just, again, fight through not eating my life away. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. that's, that's really what it is. It's like, I don't want to use the word like suicide, but it's like a slow death. You know yeah. what I mean? When you're just eating yourself to the point where you're obese to where you could have a heart attack or a stroke at any moment. Yeah. It's sad. And you know this and you continue to do the same thing. Yep. It, it, it's mind-boggling. Now that I'm in such a healthy state of mind, it's almost like when I see pictures of myself at 545 or 450 pounds, uh-huh. and I think back to how I would go to Burger King and order two combos, two desserts, two shakes, two drinks, and would sit in the car and hide and eat all of that. Uh-huh. I can't even imagine a lot. I can't even imagine who that person was, but yet I know it was me. Yeah, because you are in such a, a such a good headspace. Now, yeah. for me, I've lost my weight naturally as well. I've lost about 120 pounds so far. Um and oh. I need to, and I need to lose about that much more to get down to an ideal weight for me and for my body size. So, I'm like halfway to the journey and yes, and it's great. tough. But you know, it's frustrating sometimes because there are people that will not they refuse to believe I didn't have bariatric surgery. And I tell people, if I had had bariatric surgery, I would have no problem telling you that because whatever is working for me, if that can help someone else, then by all means, I would share that. So that works my nerves. They're like, there's no way you didn't have bariatric surgery. I'm like, girl, did you see me like disappear for a couple of months where I was (laughs) recuperating somewhere? Then how did I have surgery? Like, let's let's get it together and click the pieces together. I did not. And there is nothing wrong with that. I'm not in any way trashing bariatric surgery. It's something that I actually thought long and hard about. But I just decided for several reasons that it wasn't for me. I wanted to do the work myself. And I knew that for me and for my psyche, if I didn't learn these tools and work it myself, then I would lose the weight and the surgery would have been just like a temporary crutch. So for right, me, right. I for me for my longevity and for keeping it off, I knew I wanted to work through it myself. So, did you ever think about bariatric surgery? Oh yes, I actually. Um, it's amazing that people have accused you. I've gotten, you know, my sister actually came to me once and was like, you know, everyone is saying after Sean died, my late husband, that you know you must have gotten some kind of money and mm-hmm. had the surgery because, like I told you, I didn't start losing weight until after he died. 
Yeah. So now people see this big drop in weight. When he died, I was pushing maybe about 440. And like I said, I'm uh, 269 pounds now. So in two years, I've lost quite a bit of weight. And they seem to think that it was because of surgery, which it isn't. I have no reason to lie. Right. But um, actually, I did go. Uh, when I was 465 pounds, I actually went in to have a consultation. Mm-hmm. And um, they told me that I could not have it laparoscopically until I lost 50 pounds. Uh-huh. That was shocking to me. I mean, I'm in here because obviously I can't lose any weight on my own. And you're telling me I need to go lose 50 pounds on my own and then come back. So I did. I left. And I lost that 50 pounds, and I decided, okay, if I can lose the 50 pounds on my own, I can lose another 50 pounds on my own. Right. So I did. That's one of the times I told you I lost 100 pounds. But the way I did it, I did it through a program called Medifast. Uh-huh. And it was not sustainable. So I yes. ended up gaining all that weight back. But, yeah, I actually went in to have the surgery years ago, and they turned me away. Okay. But don't you feel a real sense of, of pride and accomplishment that you were able to do it in the most healthy way possible? Once again, we're not bashing bariatric surgery. It's a wonderful option for people that choose that route. So please do not take my comments as I'm downing someone that's had that surgery. However you go about your weight loss journey is your business and more power to you. But I think that there's there there is a little extra like sense of pride and accomplishment though when you're able yeah. to do it on your own don't you think i know so and that that's my mission now people get mad at me all the time because on my instagram i'm always talking about how i did it naturally and i'm always encouraging people to not go under the knife right whether they get mad at me or not I, i'm telling you i've learned so much about it and i'm a nurse and i actually got to go in and sit in on someone having the gastric bypass uh-huh. after after i went in for the consultation and I thank God that it turned me away. Yes. It is no reason to go under the knife when there are countless stories of people doing it without letting someone cut them open. So I'm a big advocate of not doing it. Yeah. And ultimately, whether you have a bariatric surgery or not, it still comes down to doing the same things. You have to right. get moving and you have to eat right. I mean, there's there's really no shortcut to it because even after right. the surgery, you still have to do those same things. And I look at that like I'm still gonna have to exercise I'm still gonna have to eat right so why don't I just do that from the get-go yes yes it's sad because you know I hate to say it I mean you can act like they're not pushing it but I still believe you know doctors and pharmaceuticals all of that stuff is big business It's, it's money and so they can advertise it as okay, this is going to give you a head start. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yes. So, yes, you can do it on your own, but let us give you the tools to do it better or make you have results faster. You know, so you're getting sold this dream that, okay, once I get the surgery, my stomach is going to be smaller. It's going to automatically help me drop a lot of weight really fast, and then I'm going to be motivated to get the rest off. You know, it's just... It's just smoke and mirrors. Yeah, and, and it's amazing to me now because I remember way back in the day, the first person that I knew and, and was aware of having this surgery was probably over 30 years ago, somebody that was in the hometown that I grew up in. I had never been aware of it before then. And back then, you actually had to be morbidly obese to get it. And now I've heard of people that are only like 50 pounds overweight talking about yes. they're going to get bariatric surgery. And I'm like, you don't, 50 pounds, I'm not trying to say that 50 pounds isn't a lot, but I'm like, girl, 50, I wish I had to just lose 50 pounds. <laughs> 
Like there is no yeah. reason for you to go under the knife for that amount of weight. Yeah. And it's ridiculous. Yeah. So it becomes almost like a racket to some people. But once again, if that's uh, the path that you've chosen, good for you. Just keep up the work after the surgery because that's just that's just a little small piece of the journey yeah. that you have to go on and stay on. I hope you've enjoyed part one of this discussion about extreme weight loss. Be sure and review and subscribe to this podcast. It would also be great if you would share it and help us grow this happy movement. We dealt with some pretty heavy stuff today, and we're pleased to be able to direct you to a counseling service that can help. Go to www.betterhelp.com backslash get happy with Jay, and you will get a week of free counseling sessions. Hopefully you will be encouraged to continue with therapy and become a monthly subscriber to this affordable, convenient, and private therapy service. Be sure and check out part two next week. In the meantime, visit the website gethappywithjay.com to catch up on other podcast episodes and even more content.